Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Audrey and Amy. So Audrey and Amy are the co-founders of Kome. Kome was born out of Audrey and Amy's real life struggles as moms to find affordable, trustworthy, convenient, and guilt-free care for their families. I think all the moms out there right now are nodding, going, yes, yes, me too, exactly. <laughs> to solve their own problem, they built the first sharing economy for childcare. In Greek, Kome means village. For parents, it means free time. So Audrey and Amy, and you guys can take turns because I think this is the first time I've had two people on the podcast that I'm interviewing. So there's a first for everything. Um, how, why is it important for parents to make time for themselves? Like that's the key. They're probably thinking like this app sounds great, but you know, I'm a, I feel a little less guilty if I'm at home with my kids. So why is it important for them to make time for themselves? This is Amy here, and I would say it's so important to take time for yourself because it really makes you a better parent. When I am stretched thin and at my wit's end, I find myself napping at my children. In fact, that was me this morning. I was <laughs> napping at my kids over breakfast, telling them they needed to eat faster because they needed to get on the bus. Well, the reality of it was I was overworked and therefore slept too long to get them ready and on the bus on time. So really it was, it was my failing as a parent in that moment and I was snapping at them. So if I'm taking better time to take care of myself and to be more well rested and to have that mental space for me, I'm a better mom and I'm better to my kids and the whole family is better off for it. I completely agree with that. I have seen it in the face of my friends. In fact, one time I saw a post on Facebook, somebody in like a parent chat group um, support group said, I wish there was like a, um, a safety word or some kind of a, a, a word I could say that people knew that I was at my wit's end and that somebody might get hurt. And she was being very serious. Like I need some kind of a buzzword that I could say to let my friends know that I need help right now because I'm so stressed. And it just, my heart ached for her and for every parent that ever feels that way, that you're stretched that thin, that you need kind of a safety out to get some rest for yourself. Oh, I completely agree. I was actually used to be that red faced mom every morning, every single morning of every day. And I realized, well, I can't control these little heathens that I gave birth to uh, because they, they are, they are little children. Right. And there's lots of them. Uh, so what can I do about it? And I was like, well, if I really want to get everything done, I need to get up a little bit earlier. I need to take care of myself so that I am not like losing my shit every morning. Instead I can be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I literally get up. I mean, this morning my husband was home and he helped me. So I already see how short of time I could actually get all this stuff done. But I realize if it's just me, it's just me. And I need to be able to take some time for myself. So in the morning, you know, I take that time to meditate and really get zen. And I come out, I'm like, okay, children, let's do this. I feel like Mary Poppins sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so what would you ladies see is the biggest struggle, the biggest, I don't want to say excuse, but the biggest reasons that parents don't take time for themselves. Oh my gosh. I think the number one reason is guilt. I think that we're told that we should be able to handle it all and that we should be able to do it with flair and we should be Mary Poppins. 
and everyone else's Instagram feed says they can do it, so why can't I do it? Darn you, Instagram! <laughs> and the reality is nobody's doing it all. It's all a lie. <laughs> We're not doing it all. They're, everyone's failing at something, and you might be failing at something different than someone else's, but we're all failing at something. And when we think that part of the solution is to take time for ourselves, that feels selfish. And that also is a lie because as we just talked about, like you're going to be better off, better to your kids, better to your spouse if you've taken care of yourself. Yeah. And I, I feel this way still, even though I know this information, Megan, and we talk, I talk with people and I like, you know, industry expert in the area of guilt-free parenting is I still find myself thinking, ooh, should I really do yoga this morning to start my day or should I go pack my child's lunch so that it's not like random stuff that I grab from the cupboard and throw in the bag, but actually something healthy and handmade and everything. Um, but yes, Audrey, it is important to do yoga. And the, the times that I've committed to doing that, my body is better. I'm more prepared for my daily game, you said. And I, gosh, I wish that I had the um, drive to do meditation at the beginning like you do, Megan. Like, it's so good for everybody involved if you take that time for yourself. It's not selfish. It's actually serving to everybody around you if you're in a better position to take on your day. It's not about you. It's about the community, too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I don't want to, I don't anybody think out there that I'm the perfect parent because there's definitely days that I'm losing it all the time. And I'm like, can you just stop already? Leave me alone. You know, we just want to hide from our children at that point in time. But parents have this ongoing struggle with this guilt and should I make time for myself or I really don't have time for that. And I always tell my clients that you have to have a clear boundaries between your personal and professional life. If you are working outside the home in any aspect, whether you're a business owner, or you have a career, whatever that means, if you don't have those clear boundaries, it starts to bleed into each other, right? And then you start losing it on your kids because you're like, I'm supposed to be getting work done right now or I have to leave to go to work. Instead of we just allow that extra space and we take care of ourselves and create those clear boundaries, then we're able to get more done with the time that we have. So tell us a little bit about what inspired Kome. Like you, your problems personally, what were those problems? Like what, what was that like trigger point for you pretty much? Like that little, that little click that you're like, okay, something needs to change right now because otherwise I'm going to literally crash and burn. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there was, there's a million of those that we could tell, but the moment that it began was Amy and I were standing in our church lobby and we were both kind of lamenting about the problem with childcare. Amy was saying, you know, I don't want to text my in-laws one more time asking for a favor. And I do that when I have to do something. So when it comes to date night, when it comes to me time. I don't want to do that. And I certainly don't want to pay a babysitter so that I could, you know, meditate. So, um, and I was like, Amy, I'm right here. I am your friend. Let me know if you need help, please. And okay. So I told her that Amy, how many times did you send me that text message? Um, zero. Because yeah. like, did she really mean it? Like, did she mean that she would help me on a Tuesday afternoon? Or like, was she legit honest? Like that I could call her on a Friday night. Is that rude? Like, do I give her a Starbucks gift card? Like, how does this work? She's my friend, and she's telling me she'll do me a favor, but, like, watching my kids, they were little at the time, like, one in three. Like, that's yeah. a big favor. So much guilt. Like, we just impose all this guilt on ourselves. And I remember asking one mom, like, well, would you ever ask a friend for a favor? And she was like, oh, goodness, no. And I said, well, what if your friend asked you for a favor? She said, I'd drop everything to help her. And I thought, that's how your friend feels about you. Give them the chance. So here I am trying to give Amy that chance. And 
Then I said, well, what if we like swapped points so that we're keeping track of everything and now everybody feels even rather than feeling like I need to give you a gift card, but it's actually something of value. It's time. So she is the kind of person that once the idea is placed, I'm good at the idea. She's good at the execution. So she's like, let's schedule time on our calendars and make a list and get this done. So we did that just personally for ourselves. And our, there were 10 of us that started this, our, our church group. Okay. And in one year, us 10 moms saved $165 or I'm sorry, did 165 sits and saved almost $10,000 between 10 of us. Wow. That's pretty powerful, right? <laughs> so, um, and what's more is they would show up at a wedding and they, people, of course, oh, where are your kids tonight? Well, they're actually my friends babysitting them for free. What? How do I do this? I need this in my life. So it was growing. People were just saying, can I, how do I get in on this? So we thought this is a hack that we have figured out and if we could give access to every parent to have this, we call it the free state euphoria, then the world would be a better place, literally, if we were all able to have that balance. So we started to turn it into an app that was about two and a half years ago that the idea sprung up. Um, and here we are today with an app in the app store. I can totally lament how expensive babysitters are. So my oldest daughter uh, just recently moved up to New York with her biological dad. And before that, for like the last couple of years, she's been my babysitter, right? I mean, I paid her, but nowhere near the amount that I would pay a like, nowhere near what I pay an actual babysitter now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when she moved, I'm like, oh my gosh, because everybody would say, I'm so jealous of you, Megan, because you have this daughter who's old enough to babysit your little ones. I'm like, I earned this right, okay? That's like 14 years <laughs> of parenting. And then she got yes. some moves on me, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> what do I yes. do now? And babysitters aren't cheap. You're talking about at a minimum, you're probably going to pay $5 a kid. Like, <laughs> it can be mm-hmm. expensive. Like, I've had some. And that's on the very low end. Like, in New York City, it's upwards of $20 an hour for one kid. And you oh pay for the taxi gosh. ride and a tip. It's insane. No, Absolutely. no. Absolutely. So this, this is a very real problem. So there's so many barriers. There's the guilt. There's the convenience. Like, who, what teenager out there is just twiddling their thumbs looking for things to do? They are all so busy. So booking one of them is even a struggle and getting them to commit to actually, you know, stick with the, the plan versus finding something else better to do that night. Um, and then just that guilt that we talked about and the trust. So one mom put it this way, like, I like Comey because it's other moms that give a damn to cut the grapes in half for my children because they know that they need grapes cut in half versus a teenager would never think to do that. And teenager babysitters, I'm thankful for them. I do use them, confession. Um, but when you have another parent caring for your kids, it's just a different level of trust. And that's something that we bring to the table as well. So it's all kinds of things that we're trying to eliminate here for parents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it can be, you know, it's real easy. So I'm a military spouse and we, I mean, we haven't moved around a lot because my husband's been fortunate enough to be stationed in the same place forever. But a lot of military spouses don't have that, right? Where they can build that community. As soon as they build that community, they're up and moving someplace else. And that community aspect is super important. I would love for you ladies to tell us a little bit how community, not just with Comey, but in general, you spoke earlier about your church group and I'm sure there's other groups that you belong to. Why has that been important for each of you? Well, I think that we know that 59% of millennial parents move away from their hometown. So that's, that's uprooting. 
you're, you're like literally taking the roots that were in the ground and you're taking them out. And we know that that can cause lack of health. Like if you don't find rich soil and fertile watered ground, then that could lead to something that is um, just unhealthy for the rest of the tree. So for community, that is the rich soil. That is the nutrition for a tree to thrive. And that's how we see community. We are very lucky. And in fact, when we started Kome, we thought, oh, well, you bring your friends, bring all your friends, because Amy and I have a lot of friends. We have amazing community. And what parents kept telling us was, I love this idea. I actually don't have any parent friends, though. And we were like, what? Okay, new problem to solve. So we went in and created kind of like a parent dating section in the app. It sounds a little weird, but um, you can meet nearby parents to you that have joined Kome. So now we're helping you find your friends to build your village, to raise your kids together. Yeah, and I think about how, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit already with Instagram and how everyone, you know, you put out the most fancy, best pictures with the laundry that is hiding, the crumbs are hiding, and you take this beautiful picture. And You know, if, if our lives aren't built in community, if, if all we have is social media, we're all going to go crazy because it's just not real. And so... What's, what's fascinating about Kome is we're using modern technology. We're using something new and current and the ability to connect on an app and to connect on the social platform. But we're really using that to go back, back to that village mentality uh, where we trade services and trade goods. And so it's really bringing back relationships. Um, there's so many people, um, someone explained it to me the other day. Sometimes we get the best feedback by our customers explaining it to us. They said it's really bringing more valuable to those second degree relationships. So people that you want to get to know better, but you maybe haven't settled enough coffees with, or, you know, you don't just don't see each other often because your lives don't cross. But when we're swapping sitting, we're stopping at the door and saying, you know, I hear you're on your way to a doctor's appointment for this homemade sit, you know, let me know how it goes. And then when they pick up their child, you get to have that conversation again. And those are conversations that just don't happen online anymore. So I think community is so important because we just need to know we're not alone and to know that we all have baggage and we all have you know, laundry hiding behind the camera. And I just think there's so much value in that and, and to feel like we can do life together. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like social media, I always say it's like one of two things. It's either somebody's highlight reel, like, look at how wonderful my life is. There's nothing ever wrong. There's whatever. Or it's the dear diary, like dear diary, everything sucks. My whole life sucks. Everything. Look, this is what my husband did today. This is what my kid did today. This is what everybody... And there's got to be this happy medium that we have to find, you know, where we are sharing all the good, we're sharing the good stuff because you don't want to suck everybody's soul out every day. Um, Mm -hmm. But also like sprinkling in the bad so that people know like life's not perfect. I do like, you know, have issues with my kids and stuff like that. So I love that you're focusing on community where it's real life. This is genuine. These are genuine connections Um, because making friends is hard. I actually especially as adults, I actually interviewed Shasta Nelson, who's a friendship expert, and she talks about how important it is for our health, how important it is for our life all around for us to have those quality friendships, but it's really hard to come by, right? You, d- you don't know how to start a conversation. Like, do you start a conversation with a woman in line in front of you at the grocery store because she has cute boots and you really want her to know that? <laughs> or is that going to come up as weird where you have taken out that portion of it because there's a commonality, right? They're all Mm -hmm. using this app. So they're there for a reason. There there is a commonality uh, behind that. 
So what has been one of the best things for you each as moms for having parent friends? Like what kind of like positive aspects of having parenting friends have you seen? Like friends, I mean, I have a couple friends that are parents and I also have a couple, like quite a few friends that don't have children. So share with us why we should have friends that are parents. <laughs> okay. So I can kind of talk to this in comparison, comparing my husband and myself. I don't think my husband sits around talking to other dads and being around their kids and um, really kind of seeing the reality, the behind the scenes of parenting and of, of what children are like. So he's like, our kids need to be quiet and they need to be, you know, stand in line and they need to listen the first time I tell them. I'm like, that's true. I wish that they acted like that as well. But the reality is they're, they're humans and they're little tiny humans running around in confused bodies. And they just don't. And, and honestly, when I, I look around, they're right on par. So for me to see the reality of parenting, of having these moms and having these other kids over to my house, like welcoming kids into my home and seeing their behavior and um, taking my kids somewhere else and having a mother compliment how good they were. It's so good for me to know, like Amy was saying, that I'm not alone. I'm not isolated. I'm not the worst mother on the planet because by myself, I could convince myself of that. When I'm not talking to anybody else, I could believe that I'm a terrible mom, that I'm failing, and that my kids are going to be ruined. In my mind, that little voice, you know, that one in the back of your head, it'll say, you're ruining them, Audrey. You're ruining them. If I'm alone, that voice can be pretty loud. But if I'm dropping them off at a friend's house, if I'm having play dates, but the app helps you host play dates as well, if I'm submersing myself in community, then that voice is quieted and it's surrounded by love and by people that care about me and that care about my kids and, and are kind of patting me on the back saying, you're doing well. Your kids are great. You're going to be fine. And my husband, so going back to that, he doesn't have those voices. So he thinks that our kids are little demons. And yes, of course they kind of are, but, but I'm okay. Everyone else has little demons too. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. I, the biggest help for me with parenting friends is like, quite honestly, I went through postpartum after um, both of my kids were born. And so it was just a hard season. And so having parent and friends and, and being willing to take that favor of someone offering to help and to lean on someone, um, especially because I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling with postpartum at the same time as being a very busy person. I love being busy and around people. Um, so I often overfill my schedule and overfill my my um, deadlines and expectations. And so there was this one time, I have to share this story, it's so funny, that I was struggling with my emotions and also had to get a lot of work done. I was that part-time working mom, um, running a bakery out of my home, selling cakes and cake pops. And we had started our traditional co-op by this point. And so I just was, me and my two-year-old were not getting along. We were, he wanted to go out and play in the snow. And I was like, we are not going out and play, play in the snow. And I just started fighting with my two-year-old and I was just becoming the mom that I don't like to be. And so I quick like sent a message out to my friends and said, hey, can anyone take him for a couple of hours? And because he was like literally at the point where he was standing in my front hallway, but naked in snow boots saying, we are going outside. And I was like, you little two-year-old, you are not going outside, especially not naked in snow boots. Um, so anyways, a friend offered to help me. I dropped my son off. She, having no idea about the snow boot situation, ended up taking him out to play in the snow. So he got what he needed, and I got to have a couple of hours to meet some deadlines, get things done, 
pick him back up, and we were both better off for it, had a great afternoon together, and that really helped me get through those seasons of really hard parenting, and if I didn't have that, I, I wouldn't be the mom that I am, and my kids would not be nearly as happy as they are. <laughs> I can completely relate. So I'm somebody that struggles with depression, period. So postpartum, not postpartum. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) completely, completely understand uh, where that comes from. And sometimes we do need a break from our kids. Okay, these are tiny humans. Yes, we created them, but they're nothing like us. Let's be honest. Like they have their own minds. They have their own emotions. They have their own uh, ways of doing things that we have to kind of adjust. It's like, uh, for me, I have four of them, so it's like adjusting to four different humans plus my husband. So five living in my space where I'm just like, I don't know what to do right now. And sometimes we need that break, right? We just need to get away from our kids and enjoy some quiet time, whether it's to do work or connect with other people, have a glass of wine, do some shopping, do whatever. So what is your guys' favorite way to get a break from your kids? What do you like to do? What's your favorite thing to do? Well, you hit mine right on the head, a glass of wine with friends. That is like my favorite, just relax, like life is good. We're all just here in the moment, sipping on some Cabernet and catching up. I just love that and having that opportunity to bond with those who help me out and take care of me and take care of each other. I'm a self-pampering, um, free-time person. I remember once when my first was young, this was ages ago, and I dropped him off somewhere at my mother-in-law's um, like two hours before I needed to actually be at the place, and I saw a billboard that said $45 massage. I pulled right in that parking lot, and I walked in the door, and I said, give me a massage. So I love to do the things that I wouldn't typically get to do. I clearly cannot take my child to a massage with me or to the nail parlor or just to wander around the mall window shopping. So I like to kind of, I don't know, get go be a 21 year old again. And like just the freedom, not like the, the 21 year old bar scene, but like the 21 year old in the mall scene and, and kind of pampering myself, I suppose. Oh, yes. And sometimes it can be super stressful to take our kids anywhere. I really found out that I cannot take all three of my little ones grocery shopping with me. I can take two at a time. I'm good. I have two (laughs) arms. I can handle that. The third one just adds to the chaos. It's like, Mm -hmm. I can't handle that, adding that third one in. So literally this past weekend, I took my middle daughter and my youngest, my, I have twins that are or the small ones, but my son and we went grocery shopping. We were fine because the the his twin sister was in trouble, so she stayed here. And I'm like, this was great. We did good. You know, everybody is well behaved. But when I take all three of them, it's like added chaos. And sometimes you just want to do those things that aren't pampering. They aren't having a glass of wine, but it's just doing those things that your kids that you really want to do. You know, because it just adds um, Megan- some craziness. When we go to events and we have groups of moms together, we love to ask the question, what would you do with three hours of free time? And it is heartbreaking, the answers that we get. Number one answer at all times, nap. Nap. <laughs> nap. They would put, drop their kids off in their pajamas. They would go back home and go to bed. Like sleep should not be a luxury. <laughs> it makes me I agree. Bad, but it is. A lot of moms say, I clean my house. Friends, that is not something to do to decompress in free time, unless you're that mom that like cleaning brings you joy, which if you are, come to my house. I've got some jobs for you. But I don't think that that's a good way to spend your free time. So cleaning your house, organizing things that you just can't get done while the kids are around, 
reading a book. One woman just said she'd get dressed up and go for a drive in her car by herself in the silence. Like, that's just, that's not something I would think of typically as a luxury that you would do with free time. Can you remember any of the other ones that, that moms will say? Um, you know, like we, we want them to be saying like date night with my husband, <laughs> but they typically are literally looking for self-survival skills first right. and then moving on to the rest. Oh, and, and you just, Megan, you just reminded me of an actual Komei sit that we saw come through from a complete stranger. It said, my cupboards are bare and my husband's been out of town and I can't bear to take my kids to the grocery store with me again. Will someone please watch my kids so that I can get groceries for my house? Like that's just. That's the kind of thing that we are so filled with joy that parents are actually like putting that trend. They're like being very vulnerable in that moment to share that with their friends and trusting that somebody is going to say, I feel you sister, bring them here and you go get your grocery shopping done and maybe pick up a coffee and a cookie on the way back. Oh my gosh. When my husband was deployed last year, that was me. I'm like, I can't handle, of course my 14 year old lived here at that time. So she helped me out a lot, but there were times that I'm like, I just need to get out of this house and like be an adult, be an adult without children. It doesn't matter if I'm grocery shopping. It doesn't matter if I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes you just need a break and cleaning is mm -hmm. not my forte. I don't know. Not mine no. either. If somebody, my mom and my sister love it. I'm like, could you just live near me so you could clean my yeah. house for me? Cause that would be really <laughs> awesome. But you know, there are those times that you really just want to do the basics without your kids running around. Like I will not schedule podcast interviews if I can, if I can avoid it on days that my kids don't have school because I can't focus on a podcast interview and have my kids screaming out in the living room because you know, as soon as I, you leave the room, they start going insane. Um, so yes. how often do you find that it's business owners asking for somebody to come watch their kids so they can actually get work done? That is the dream like the entrepreneur parent. So Amy said she was owning, she owned a cake shop that she worked out of in her home. Guess how many licks those cakes were getting when she was trying to ice them. She needed time and guess what? She wasn't making so much money at that early stage that she could pay a babysitter to do that work. We love hearing when entrepreneur parents of any kind are using the app to help them build whatever it is that they're building they're probably sharing with friends that know what they're working on or maybe are even working alongside of them. Amy and I, that's how we started Kobe was I would sit for her, she'd sit for me or we'd share a nanny or something just to cut the cost and make it super convenient for us. And actually we both had side jobs and we were sharing a nanny for one day a week to do those jobs. And then we said, Oh, you know, maybe once Comey starts to get big, maybe someday we'll share our Tuesday mornings to build Comey. And here we are working full-time jobs, like founders of a big tech startup. So that's how it began with just this tiny little kernel. And I love helping parents like take that idea that they're working on or they're thinking about, or, you know, when they're shampooing their hair, dreaming of someday starting and saying, how about we just take a minute? Like Amy did to me, let's sit down, let's make a meeting. Let's, schedule it on the calendar, make a list and get started. And Comey can literally help entrepreneurial parents do that. Yeah. And it's great for the full-time working parents too, but just in a different way. So it could, as an entrepreneurial parent that needs, you know, let's say 10 hours a week, you can absolutely give and take and serve a share in that way. Now, a full-time working parent, you're not going to be able to give and take 40 hours in a week. So it's not going to replace your traditional childcare, but what it will do is replace snow days mm. or when your sitter calls off sick. 
or Audrey, you've worked ahead, earned a lot of Comey points, and covered all of spring break. Yeah, I did. So there's a lot of ways that it works to help the working parent get to work in those pinch situations when their traditional childcare just didn't come through that day. So it's been neat to see those stories from all kinds of parents. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you know, it's great for the stay-at-home parent, the working parent, full-time or part-time. And it's super fun for kids, too. My kids hate babysitters. They would cry when I'd leave them home with another teenager. Then when I started swapping fits, I think they didn't realize that they were being babysat. I, I asked my four-year-old once, like, what does Kome mean? Like, I say the word around him a lot, but I never really talked to him about what that was. And he said, oh, that's when I go play with my friends. So I realized that he didn't actually know you're seeing babysat. He had a play date, and he was going to friends' houses who he loved, who he has established relationships with. And I think back on my life, I have two very significant friends that I've known since I was four. And their moms watched me for before and after school care. And I can't help but think that that's the reason that it stuck because we really lived life together and they welcomed me into their home and it's just a different kind of friendship that I have. So I'm looking at my child and I'm watching him play with these other kids and thinking, is that their Courtney and their Laura? Are these the friends that they're going to have when they're 35 and they're still, they're going to travel the world to, to see each other and, and building those friendships now. It's just so fun to see that for our kids as well, because we tend to cling to them and to shove them into the next activity and to, to chauffeur them around, but these friendships that they're making as they're, and not only with kids, but with parents too. We talk a lot about how we're maybe even building up mentors for them. So if, if you're watched by Miss Jess over and over again, you kind of trust that other adult and I get to pick who that person is when I build my village and the people that I invite into it um, strategically to make sure those are people that I really want to pour into my kids. Okay, so let's talk about that because safety can be like a huge thing. Like people have a hard time trusting. So how exactly does this work? Like that I would know that this person is safe to watch my children. Right. Yeah. So we always say that these should be people that you already know and trust in real life. So even without an app, I would trust Audrey to watch my kids. Komei didn't help me decide that Audrey was trustworthy. I just trust her because we're friends. We've been friends for almost 10 years now. And she can watch my kids. I'm good with that. And so Comey has become my communication tool. So we always want you to trust people only that you know in real life and that you would trust already. Now, we did just launch the nearby feature. And so that's a way to meet people in your neighborhoods that also are looking for people to trust. Now, should you connect with that person and start swapping sitting with them the next 24 hours? No way. Please <laughs> do not. That is not how it is intended to be used. The way that it is fully intended is for you to grow a relationship with that person. You can say, hey, suggest a play date. Do you want to meet up? You know, I see that we have kids around the same age. Let's get to know each other. So that play date could be at a local park. It could be at the local mall play place. Build a relationship with that person. Get to a point of trust and then share sitting with them later. So we're kind of building that in, but it's, it's meant as like a first step in order to get to know Yeah, people. and Megan, so Kome means village in Greek, and you have your own personalized village in the app. So when you download it, it's not like everyone in your zip code knows you need a date night on Friday. It's only the people that you have hand-selected, sent an invitation to, and they've accepted that invitation that's in your village. Those are the only people that see your phone number, your address, your kids' names. All that information is private and secure to your hand-selected village and if you meet somebody and do play dates with them they then you can invite into your village when you have that level of trust with them see i'm thinking about more how this would be used for like the military spouse community because we do have about 75 percent, i would say of the uh, the podcast on events our military spouses 
um, or military affiliated. You know, I, I actually have had, I actually have some active duty female service members that listen also, and they might have children or be thinking about having children in the future. How would this work for them? They might be in a new place where they know nobody. So we talk a lot about trust points. So you have to have points of trust. You either know this person in real life or you can see if you have mutual friends as well. So every time somebody friends me and I look and see, oh, we have these four mutual friends, I write to one of those people and say, hey, what's her story? <laughs> Do you trust her? And get those friend recommendations. Um, and then also trust points of, oh, our kids are in the same school or we're in the same squad together. There's nothing more bonding really than being in that same life circumstance. You kind of start at a new level of trust when you're a military spouse and you've moved from squad to squad and you come into the base and you've got these people around you that have experienced that thing. So you can talk with them on a different level to start with. So we were actually just talking with someone who her husband is in the Air Force and she's not a mom, but she was tired of not hanging out with her mom friends. So she Googled the problem. She found Kome as the solution, and she got her entire squad moms to start using Kome so that they could all hang out more and have more free time, which was the coolest story to hear. But then she started connecting us with these moms. We've had phone calls with them, and they're talking to us about how, oh, well, they used to live in Alabama, and there they have a 100 other moms that while they can't physically swap with them, I bet that they would like to do it too. So I think it's just that um, kind of that tribe effect, you know, when you move into a new one, there's just, um, you need to meet these people, but maybe there's, I don't know if you guys have meetups. If you have, if you're listening to this and you have ideas for us, please, my email is Audrey at mycome.com. I would love to speak with you and learn. Like that's what Amy and I are all about. We want to know what the problems are um, that parents face and how we can help serve them with this platform that we created. We're not like big business people that set out to, create the next Facebook. We're moms that felt the pain, found an amazing solution, and are not going to stop until every parent gets to experience it as well. So if you have ideas, shoot them our way. We are happy to hear them. And I'll definitely link that up in the show notes, along with all the other links uh, for Kome, how to get in touch with you, um, in order for people to be able to check this out for sure. Because I know uh, from experience, when I first moved here to Virginia, <laughs> it was it was awful. Uh, it was just like, I don't know anybody. Like, I know nobody. Like, what am I supposed to do here? And all the people my spouse knew, he, they didn't have kids. They weren't interested in watching my kids. They were interested in like, how can you get a babysitter so you can come out and drinks with us or, you know, have dinner with us. And I'm like, um, I have like a bazillion kids. Like, do you not mm -hmm. realize this? I have way too many for this to happen. So something like this would have been so useful. Now I've been here long enough that I've built up that um, that network, kind of like you're talking about with Kome, that community, uh, to where I could say to a friend of mine, "Well, hey, I know you need baby. You use babysitters. What are some of your babysitters I can use?" But I know some people are very like very private with that, right? They don't want to yep. share because sharing's not caring yep. to them because sharing means I might need the babysitter the same night that they need the babysitter. If I get the yeah. babysitter first, right. now they can't have that. So how yeah. have you guys ever found yourself in that situation where people won't share their babysitters with you? I've never found myself in that situation because I've never used traditional babysitters <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want to pay for one. So Audrey and I started a co-op when yeah. my kids were one and two and four. Yeah, yeah I think two and four. So and before that, I was using in-laws, and I've, yeah. I've felt the temptation, honestly. I'd have to say that I've, I've 
definitely felt that temptation. I'm just like a sharer at heart. Like I want everybody to be involved in everything. So I, I've never like actually not followed through and sharing that information. But um, even so, let's say um, you're in a village with somebody on Kome, like those parents, you're even like, well, Jess always takes my sits. Like if she's in everybody else's village, then she might not sit for me. So this still can happen. But I think like the bigger your village, the more, you know, love that can go around and we're all here to help each other. So that's where we try to stand. I completely agree. Uh, I used to tell my friends when my daughter lived here and I'm like, if you need a babysitter, like she's here, I don't use her that often. And she would totally like to make some real money, not just the money I pay her, which is totally nothing compared to what she could have made outside the home. Uh, But (laughs) I was all for sharing her out. Like as long as I have nothing going on and I'm a planner. So I definitely know if I have something going on, you can have her, but (laughs) it was surprising how many people didn't take me up on that. And they're like, Oh no, I've, I would feel bad having her. And I'm like, she wants to make money. Teenagers need to make money. Like they don't, they can't like at 14, you can't have a traditional job. So babysitting is the next best thing, but it's great to be able to not have to pay people. Right. Like not, you said like in New York city, it's $20 an hour per kid. I pay that with three kids and I can't even imagine. I wouldn't be able to afford it. I wouldn't be able to afford a night out. One time somebody quoted me, uh, they quoted me, it would be 25 or $30 an hour or something. I'm like, you do realize I couldn't afford to go out at that price. Like that's, that's just no. way too much. Like, yeah. You wouldn't be able to feed yourself when you went out on your date. Like you, you'd have to literally just go sit in a park and, and look at each other in the face and talk, which is it's good. Don't get me wrong. Talking is good, but we all want to eat when we go on date night and we want to get a drink and we want to get dessert. And we always say, Kome lets you get dessert because you're not paying cash that sitter back home. You don't have to go to the ATM. It's free babysitting. So you can go all out when you're out with your honey and have a good time. I like that. So tell us, tell us how that works. Like, cause you mentioned earlier, we've talked a little bit about like points and, and all that, like how specifically does that work? Yeah, so the great thing is the first thing you need to hear is that the app handles it all for you. So we <laughs> wanted the parents to have to think as little about it as possible, especially because we don't want the my kids are more expensive than your kids because of XYZ and your kids are trouble. Um, so it takes a care of all of it for you. But at the most basic level, one hour of babysitting is worth one Kome point. And then say there's multiple kids, then there's a bonus point added to that sit. If it's on a weekend, there's a bonus point. So now it doesn't do it four times. So if you're a mom of four kids, it's not four times the cost. It's just a bonus point, you know, just saying it is harder than one. Um, Yeah, when you're making the sit, it'll tell you how many points it's worth. You'll have the opportunity to add bonus points, which you don't need to do. It's just if you're trying to add some extra incentive for someone who takes the sit, you post the request. And if someone takes it and your sit comes to pass, then it'll transfer the points in from your bank into their bank at the completion of the sit. So it's just like paying cash, but all with points instead. No calculators needed, no math needed, nothing. It takes care of all that for you. So it's basically trading babysitting for babysitting. Yep, exactly. So you don't, yeah, the points don't get you airline miles. They don't get you <laughs> free drinks at Starbucks. The points literally get you free babysitting. So you could, you could say, Megan, for you, that one Kome point is worth $5 per kid. So whatever you multiply that out to be, that's literally valuable. So that's why the guilt is relieved because you're literally giving your friends something that is re- removing their need to pay for something, which in and, of, in and of itself is kind of like money. So it's yeah. just an alternative. It's like a virtual currency. 
I like it. I like it, especially for people who don't have that extra cash laying around to pay for a babysitter, but you can trade babysitting with other people. This would have been perfect a couple years ago when I was actually part of uh, FRG, which is Family Readiness Group for people who aren't military. It's kind of a way for, um, say, people's spouses work together. It's kind of a way for the families to get together and connect. Well, when I was part of the FRG, we wanted to start something like this, but nobody wanted to do it. Like only a handful of us did. And they're like, well, but what if, you know, Megan wants me to babysit her kids and she has four kids and I only have two kids. This would have taken out all of that guesswork. Like all of it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So there are parents maybe even listening that already swap in some form. They might have that Excel spreadsheet or they have laminated tokens or beads on a shoestring. We've heard all kinds of ways that this is currently done. Don't do that anymore. (laughs) Very old school. We created it into an app. It's a free app to use. You can just relieve all the pressure and then invite way more people in because you're creating those one-to-one connections of everybody that you trust. And it's a way better solution. Okay, so we need to wrap up the podcast. 45 minutes goes really fast. So if there's one thing that each of you could leave the audience with about anything we've talked about on the podcast, what would you want them to know? My thing is just kind of coming back to the, it's okay to take care of you. And it's not just okay, but it's important to take care of you. So to really just work on getting rid of that guilt of um, taking some time for yourself. And if you're doing that through Comey, that's fantastic. And if you're doing it in other ways, that's fantastic too. But just taking care of yourself so that you can be a better parent for your kids. And this is Audrey, and I'm just all about that community. Um, Just thinking about surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded and people that are in a similar stage of life as you and other people with kids so you can relate to each other and just reinforce that we're all going to be okay. We're going to come out on the other side of this because when you're by yourself and isolated, you can convince yourselves of a lot of things, but open up, make the ask friends. Don't just think about it and say, I'll do that another day. Let your friends serve you. That is what friendship is all about. Don't think you're being selfish. Literally lean on your friends and allow them to lean on you. Give, take, no matter how you accomplish that, just make sure you're doing it in community. Find your friends, hold on to them tight, and take it to the next level in friendship. And the great thing about Comey is there is a give and take because you can't just keep taking because yep. there's points. You have to yep, give at exactly. some point in time. So it makes it super easy not to feel like that. And isolation exactly. is not healthy ever. Not healthy. I always tell people that because that's one thing military spouses do. They move to a new place. And that's me, like majority of my clients are military spouses and they shut down, right? Because they don't know anybody. They kind of stay by themselves and they start feeling bad. And then their spouse deploys or they're busy working and they're like, I feel so alone. Isolation is not healthy. So now you have a way if you're a parent to be able to utilize something that allows you to be able to get some time out with friends, to go shopping, to do all of the things or even mm-hmm. work without your children driving you insane because we all know they do. Um, or, yeah. you know, all spring break while they're out. Being able hey, to. Absolutely. Whatever it takes. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with my audience how important it is to take time for yourself, how the different ways you can do it and how are our excuses and our reasons sometimes are a little invalid. We can find fun ways and interesting ways to be able to still get that alone time and still get the you time and still go on date night 
without having to pay out our butt. Absolutely. <laughs> that is what we're here for you. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.